if we're gonna double down on our goodness as an influencer community, right? If we're really gonna make a great difference in this world when it's so dark and negative out there, then the only way we can do that is to become more prolific and putting out good content and tools that inspire people to live better lives. Hey, it's Brendan dropping in here on something special. I think the most important thing you can do in your life is to train yourself for real personal growth and success. What does that mean anyway? Well, you have to train your mindset and train your discipline so you can follow real habits of success so that you can break through, so you can win the day more often, so you can crush through all those fears and actually unlock your real potential for abundance and happiness and power and joy. But how? Well, like all learning and all breakthroughs, you have to choose first to learn, to learn from the best, to invest in yourself, to do the work, to do the daily work. You have to train with the best, and that's why we created Growth Day's Mastery Program. Listen, we're going to train you to make self-improvement a real way of life, to unlock your positive attitude and attributes at a whole new level, to get you way more productive and influential, to show you the life and career strategies that make you unstoppable and really work. But how do we do that? Well, Every single week, we bring you a new $50,000 or $100,000 keynote speaker, multimillionaire, or world's foremost expert to switch your brain into high performance mode, to teach you what really works in wellness, in health, in mindset, in productivity. People who really help you unblock and move ahead with really practical strategies for changing your life, your relationships, your health, your career, your mission, your purpose. Every month, we unlock a new course that would have cost you thousands of dollars to buy from other teachers on brain health or positive psychology or confidence. Every year, we give you free tickets to an unbelievable motivational and transformational seminar. Every day, I give you an advanced life coaching audio to keep your mind sharp energized, focused, motivated, confident, ready to serve and to lead and to win and build your greatest future at the levels you dream of. And I promise you, you are capable of. Every day can truly be a growth day for you, but it takes mastery in life. And that's why we have our new program, Mastery Level in Growth Day. You can go to yearofmastery.com and it will direct you to our best program in Growth Day. This is for those who really want the advanced level, who really want a breakthrough, who are tired of, hey, listen, podcasts are great, but training is another level. Go to yearofmastery.com. You deserve to join the world's number one membership for advanced personal growth and success right now. This is a membership of the real people doing the real work who have a positive mindset, a growth mindset, a willingness to be a role model, to be a leader, to serve, who desperately and deeply and joyfully love personal development, to challenge themselves, to push themselves, to achieve great things in life. Go to yearofmastery.com. Let's go. Yearofmastery.com. We desperately need people sharing positivity, desperately need people sharing education 
and good content in the world where where we are like flooded right now from traditional media to social media with a tremendous amount of you know, negativity, darkness, bad news, scary news, fake news, upset people, haters, like extreme judgment all across the web. But you show up every day and you're asking, how can I positively influence this world? Because the influencer space, whether you call yourself a, a writer, a speaker, a coach, a, a trainer, um, a social media thought leader, whatever you're doing in the world, you have the opportunity every day to share your voice and your values in a way that improves other people's lives or inspires them. And my ask for you is the ask I've given to every influencer I've sat down with this year. And I've sat down with people this year who you know, are just starting their influencer career to people who have literally over 100 million followers online. And my ask to all of them has been just double down on your goodness. Whatever good that you put out into the world, double down on it. Whatever positivity or whatever content you create that you think helps people, double down this year. Because it's, you're, you're gonna hear my philosophy about creativity. It's so less about, am I creatively perfectly inspired every day in the ideal you know, background with the perfect blonde sandy wood and white walls and green plants, you know, Instagram friendly backgrounds? Or am I purpose-driven? Because if I wait for my impulse to feel good, to create, you and I aren't here today. You know, if I just wait for inspiration to strike or the perfect creative moment, I don't get to do this work. But when you turn it from how do I feel to what's my purpose, you have begun the journey to mastery. When you turn from how do I feel to what's my purpose, you have begun the journey to mastery. And that's what I really wanna to talk to you today about a different level of creativity that is connected to your why and connected to what you are trying to do in this world. And for me right now, you know, where everyone else is like, oh, it's so negative. And if I put myself out there, they're gonna judge me and hate me and post bad comments and, you know, you know, hate on me and shame on me on the internet. Some people feel that and they stop. But think about that. If you're not being prolific with content right now at the only time in the world where we have like the ability to reach as many people as we, as we truly want, just, just start building this huge audience, put out anything that we want in a time in which we can do that. So many people aren't doing that, aren't spreading positivity or influence or any content. Why? Well, they'll tell you, well, because if you do that, they'll spread hate. So they stop. But you got to think about that and reverse engineer a little bit. Well, what are they doing it for? Right? If you stop because you think people will judge you, well, then you're doing it for what? Approval. That's why you're stopping. You're stopping because you won't get approval. So you stop. Or you can say, what on the other side of that do I really want? Why do I want to do this? When your why is bigger than the approval, you'll work through those hard days.
right? When you're like, I, you know, I'm, I'm doing this to make a difference in the world. I'm doing this to improve people's lives, give them the tools they need to change their lives, improve their lives, make a difference in their family life, in their health, in their career. That is why I'm doing it. Then all the things that stop everybody else, those aren't even a blip on my radar because I'm not doing it for everybody else's approval. I'm doing it for the impact I know I can make, despite the fact I know there'll be haters. I've been asked twice this year to assist with some people who are running for the Democratic presidential candidacy. And these are great people. They've been in my circle for a really long time. Some of you guys know who I'm talking about. Uh, been great. They're friends. Everything's fine. Um, and I'm not making this a political commentary here. What I heard through this process of talking with a lot of people and helping support different kind of leadership messages in the world right now, here's what I've heard over and over. Oh, I would never run for president. And when everyone says that to me, I would never run for president. The, the singular most influential role so far in the world right now. I would say, um, well, why wouldn't you, why would you never run for president? Oh, because they just tear you down and they hate you. And I go, huh. Well, if that's where your focus is, of course you wouldn't do it, right? But if you keep making decisions based on whether people will attack you or won't like you or will make fun of you on the internet or in the news, then you'll never seek positions of influence because isn't it true? Every new escalating area of influence that you can have, every new escalating role of influence that you can have, more people are gonna judge you. And this is an important topic because so many people's creativity is poisoned because they're focused on what they don't want versus clear about what they do want. I'm so clear about what I do want that my creativity is never poisoned or stopped because of all the things that come along with it that I don't want. That makes sense? Like what I don't want in my life. Oh, well, I'd, I'd sure hate to, uh, you know, get judgment. Well, that's inevitable, anticipate that. Well, building a team sure is hard. That's inevitable, anticipate that. Like what happens is high performers anticipate what's coming. They know what's gonna be difficult, but that anticipation of knowing what's difficult, but the connection with what's important keeps them going, right? Here's, break this down for me with a little bit. If you're connected to what is important and you've anticipated what you won't like along the way, so in that anticipation you can deal with it, then you can sanely chase what you're after. If all you do is focus on what's wrong or what you don't like, even if you know what you want, you'll, you'll be insane. You'll just be like, I can't, you'll be so frustrated and emotionally like pulled and put, it's not gonna be healthy for you. So I'm here to tell you, anticipate that of course they're gonna judge you. I'm gonna tell you to create, I'm literally here, tying back the topic here of double down on your goodness. And when I ask you to double down on your goodness, for some of you, that means double your content production, double the impact you're having by having better curriculum, better content, better experiences, like get better, dig deep into this word of mastery, become a master of your content, become somebody who truly cares about your craft and the influence that you have. And maybe you're like, Brenna, I don't need this talk today, I'm good. I'm here to tell you, I, even, if you're good, thank God, double down. If everything's going great, double down. And you're like, no, Brennan, I finally got smooth sailing. I'm like, great, start rigging up the sail and getting ready for some big wind behind you so you can go faster. Let's 
change this world together. If we're not seriously always reconnecting with our why, if we're not seriously ready to fight and battle that storm of judgment coming your way, because listen, lots of people say, I want more influence, Brendan, but then they say, but I won't do it because people won't like me. I'm here to tell you, you are right. There's a million people who aren't gonna like you. And as you reach millions and millions of more people, those millions of people, they're gonna tell you stuff. They're gonna tell you your art sucks. They're gonna tell you your shirt sucks. Your family's ugly. You know, you're a liar. I hate your house, I hate your car, I hate your setup, I hate your background. They're gonna come out, they're gonna come out, and they're gonna come out in droves, they're gonna comment in your DMs. I wish you and your family were dead. That's the cost of seeking to help people. Like, and if you think I'm being facetious here, do you not think that Gandhi got hate mail? Do you think Martin Luther King had a super easy route? Do you think Nelson Mandela was just completely free all the time to do what he wanted? Do you, I mean, we, we lose track that all of these great people that we celebrate, whether it's, you know, an Eleanor Roosevelt or a modern day leader that you admire, these people had to struggle so much to continue making their difference because people were constantly judging what they were, how they showed up, and especially what they were seeking to create. And I'd like you to start this session today with your journal up with a simple question. Am I going too slow because I'm scared of what other people will think? Be honest. Am I going too slow because I'm scared what other people will think? Please write it down. Am I going too slow because I'm scared what other people will think? You know, I remember when I first started shooting ads, the first time I was gonna shoot some Facebook ads, I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna sell something on the internet and I'm gonna boost this video to, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, I mean, what if they don't like my ad? You know forcing an ad in front of people is very different than people finding my page and consuming content, right? And I was like, I don't know if I like that. And sure enough, I hit boost. We ran hundreds of thousands of people. And I would say like 20% of the comments were horrible. They were like, who are you? Or, you know, they were like, you know, I hate your face or get off my feet. Like really mean comments. And I was like, oh, and I mean, there were some that would just go on and on about how they were gonna punch me in the face or something crazy. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I want this. And then I heard myself say that. And every time you hear yourself, I don't know if I want this, please reconnect with what, well, what do you want and is it worth the fight? What do you want and is it worth the fight? Because the fight will always be there. What do you want? Is it worth the fight? I think there's something you know in your heart as I'm talking with you guys that you feel in your heart, you're like, I, sh I should double down there. I should do more of this or more of that or finally create this thing or finish that course or product or program. I should get this thing going, but you've been delaying because of concern about what other people think that is universal to humans. It's universal to influencers. And I'm here to say, we gotta break that trend. So some very good people with very good positive messages are holding back at a time in which the world is drowning in negativity and pessimism and criticism. And where are the good people? You've heard that old saying before. I think it was an Eisenhower quote who said, all it takes for 
evil people to succeed is for good people to say nothing. And what we need around the world right now is whether, and I'm not labeling any particular persons or groups or demographics evil. What I'm here to say is we need an outpouring of good. That's what I'm very clear on. People keep asking, why did you change Experts Academy into Influencer Business Program? Because I'm like, we need to gather all the influencers, set some standards, set some values, and put them out in the world to go do some good, to double down on our good. And to do that, you're gonna have to master this topic today. So I like to start with all influencers. I hope you do this with your training. Start with purpose, then drill down. Okay, number one, you need to set a weekly content rhythm. Okay, set a weekly rhythm. It is everything to have a weekly rhythm. My team knows we have a weekly rhythm and we're always trying to get better at it and put more in it. Like that's the container. There's this weekly rhythm, do it good, put more in it. Do it good, put more in it. So let me tell you what I mean this. I'll, I'll tell you how I started originally. Here's how it began. It was like when I moved to Portland, Oregon, I was by myself at that time, uh, me, well, Denise and I moved up, but in my career, I didn't have a team yet. So I was crushing it on the internet at that point for, uh, for a new guy doing it by himself, but I was basically using a flip video camera and I had no idea how to do other cameras. I think I'd bought another camera and I tried to do stuff with it. And it was so difficult for me to figure that stuff out because I just, I, for some reason, video is really hard. I felt like I understood photography because I did a lot of that in high school, but I didn't have any background or know-how with video. And I could see it was slowing me down significantly. And so I put a call out uh, and, and I think I ran an ad uh, and sent some emails out and I was looking for a videographer. So I typed in videographer and all these things came up it was like freaking me out. And then I was thinking, what kind of videographer do I really want? And I'd recently been to a wedding and it cued my mind to think like, you know, the best videographers are like wedding videographers because they have to deal with difficult, dumb customers. That's me. They have to deal with like tight timelines. That's me. They have to know how to weave together a story with emotion and heart. That's me. They have to put in music to make it sound better and move together. That's me. They have to edit a storyline. I'm like, that's what I did. So I typed in, Portland wedding videographer, and long story short, many of you guys know, one day there I was sitting at Isabel's a couple blocks away with Travis Shields, and he thought I was crazy. And I was like, I'm gonna build a thing, man. And he was like, all right, dude, whatever. <laughs> Another coffee, please, this guy's crazy. Um, but right off the bat, it was, I'm gonna do a weekly YouTube video. That was, that was a whole conversation. I'm gonna do these online courses, but every week I'm gonna do a YouTube video. I wanna get into the YouTube. I wanna do a video every single week at some point. And so we started that. And we sh we'd, we'd shoot a video, he'd edit it, we get up on YouTube, and then we got better and better and better at our rhythm. Remember I said, the, the rhythm is, the, is like, it's the container and then you put more stuff in it. So first it was just like, let's shoot you know, a course. And then it was like, well, let's add a weekly YouTube video. And then what we did with that weekly rhythm is we really started breaking it down. So I'd shoot the video for YouTube, Travis would edit masterly, and then he would pull the audio from it. I'd take the audio and the audio would become the podcast episode of the week as well. And then we would shoot sometimes four in the morning, four in the afternoon, so we'd have like eight weeks of content 
That's called batch production, doing it all in one shot, right? So we do like seven or eight episodes in one epic day, and which he loved because then he didn't have to see me for the next five days. <laughs> so he got, his, he got a big punch of motivation, then he was out for the next five, six days. But that's kind of how it turned out. That weekly rhythm changed my life because that built, what, 700,000 subscribers over a period of years on YouTube and, and tens of millions of audio downloads that were just the audio from my YouTube video. And now we've taken it even further than that. Now I might do that one video for YouTube, right? Which we call the Brendan Show. So we'll shoot the Brendan Show, one video for YouTube. We'll pull that out for podcast, right? The audio for the podcast. So now we got one podcast episode. We'll also pull out quotes. We'll also make that a blog post with some quotes and summary and transcript. We'll also take out uh, you know, clips of it for Instagram stories or Instagram posts. We'll also take it, we'll put that same thing. Now we grab it, we put it over on LinkedIn. What am I missing? What else do we do? We just take that one piece of thing and we slice and dice that thing and we put it everywhere. But the difference is we are operationalizing that. And as you guys always, I always tell you, I'm like, I don't think we figured out everything, but that has allowed me, while that used to be just me and Travis, and then he'd slice and dice some, I'd slice and dice some and put it across social media. That's how I got to 5 million fans so fast on Facebook. Everyone's like, how did you do that? I'm like, well, I just had so much content. I was super prolific, but a lot of it was just slice and diced from one video session I would do. I'd shoot a 15 or 20 minute YouTube episode and I would just cut that up all day long or do blog posts from that all day long or LinkedIn posts all day long, Facebook posts all day. That's what I would do. So take that one piece, chop it up, slice and dice it, put it everywhere. And it was just us. And then as I've hired more team, the team can take it even further because now they can cut it up into more pieces, put it into more places. But there's a weekly rhythm to it, right? I provide team that 10 to 20 minute video that's my job. Like if I don't get them that video, they start texting me and calling me bad names. So I just got to get them this video. And once they get the video, the rhythm is set. They chop, slice and dice, put it all over the internet. That makes sense? Now, here's why I start with this one, setting the weekly rhythm. It doesn't say feel good. This is work. This happens every week since 2008. So if you think about my career and you're like, wow, Brendan's achieved all this. No, I'm like, hey, this started in two. We've been doing a weekly rhythm since 2008. If we go pre-video, in 2006, I started my weekly newsletter. So from 2006 until today, in general, I've sent an email every single week of my life. There were times where it might not be full broadcast the full list because people are in like our automated sequences, which we'll talk about. But in general, an email or new content has gone out from me, whether podcast or YouTube, every week since 2006. Every week, 12 years, I don't think there's ever been one time that new content didn't go out every week for 12 years in some way or form or another. And so that weekly Rhythm has forced what? Discipline. And I tell people all the time, you think creativity is gonna save the day? Discipline will save the day. Because there's plenty of times I don't wanna do it, but if I don't do it, that rhythm doesn't take place. 
I mean, there's been plenty of times I sat down with Travis or I came in with Ben and I was just like, I feel awful. I just did six cities. I'm tired. You know, this is happening. We're moving there, building team over here, doing this. Oh. All right. So I go and get myself ready. I do my bouncing in place, take my 10 deep breaths, get my body in a good place. And I'm here to serve. The consistency and discipline is more important than, than creativity. And that's why number one is you need a weekly rhythm. I don't want anybody not to have that. If you look at the biggest YouTubers in the world, they have a daily rhythm, literally a daily rhythm. They shoot a new video and edit a new video every single day on YouTube. Those are the biggest ones, right? If you take the cumulative top 50 on YouTube, the vast majority gained the vast number of their subscribers when they were on a daily rhythm. And a lot of those guys are my friends and they, I mean, like when you, hear them describe their career, there's so much pain. They describe their career as an influencer, like, it's terrible. I say, what's terrible? They're like, I gotta create something every day. It's this discipline. And I go, do you love it? They're like, I love it. But it's, it's painful, right? You gotta show up and get it done. So if we're gonna double down on our goodness as an influencer community, right? If we're really gonna make a great difference in this world when it's so dark and negative out there, then the only way we can do that is to become more prolific and putting out good content and tools that inspire people to live better lives. That's the job, my challenge to this group. But we gotta start with the weekly rhythm. If you have not been consistently creating a new piece of original content every week, that's important. For my friends, by the way, who are writers, who say, you know, I can't write every week. I'm like, yes, you can. James Patterson still writes every day. And that's why he's the highest paid, highest earning, best-selling author in the history of the world. People think it's because he has co-authors. Nope, but he's still working on multiple books every day. I mean, the guy's a factory. It's unbelievable. That rhythm of content production is more important than the moment of inspiration you have. I can't stress that enough. Number two, big idea for you guys is you need to go wider in the topics that you are talking about in your content. I'll give you an example. In my industry, when you come into the industry, often people are like, pick a niche and stay there. The problem is, what they need to say is pick a niche, start there, and very quickly widen your topic in your free content to the world. So here's what I mean. Like, for me in personal development, Think about the whole host of topics that gives me access to, right? When you think about personal development, improving your life, think about all the areas of improving your life. You can improve your health, your career, your relationships, your finances, your mission, your friendships, your emotional world, your spiritual world, your intellectual curiosity, your skill sets, your training. I mean, there, there's so much to go into in personal development. But what most people have been told and trained on is a lie. Oh, you better just play in your lane, Brendan. All right? When I start talking about, you know, health, people go, well, you know, you're not a six-pack abs guy. Why are you talking about health? When I talk about, you know, kids and being a great parent, they say, you don't have 50 kids. How can you talk about it? It's so funny. People, people think that they need to pigeonhole you. And you will have that impulse to listen to people to say, I guess I just better play in my lane. And I'm here to tell you, you can't scale your message that way. I can't tell you how many people, 
you know, especially in the health industry, most of the major players in the health industries are dear, dear, dear friends of mine. And they, you know, always have this fight, like they're an MD or a nutritionist or a medically licensed professional. And they're like, I, you know, Brandon, my, my audience is only so big and I'm not able to break through on sales. And I said, you need to stop just, if you're a nutritionist, you just can't talk about nutrition all the time. Because nutrition lives in what? People's lives. You need to talk about people's lives and once in a while, tie it right back to nutrition, but not always. What you need to do is go wider with your messaging. I'll give another example in my particular industry uh, for personal development. A lot of people say, well, Brendan, I'm a resilience coach. So every message they ever release is resilience, resilience, resilience. And then they go in all these different examples. I'm like, that's good, resilience coach guy. Uh, and you should be talking about every other area of people's lives, meaning your mass market messaging, which is your Instagram, is your Facebook, is your social media. When you're doing social media, you should be sharing your life and speaking about other people's lives broadly. And then when it's time to do marketing and sales, like then you narrow that messaging down to the thing you have to sell. But in general, if you like watch all of my personal development content, Many of you guys know me, I'm the motivation guy, right? Motivation Manifesto is the top selling motivation title of this century so far, right? Which I'm proud of, that's like, we're 19 years in. It's still the best selling book on motivation of the century. So people go, oh, Brendan's the motivation guy. Well, go look at my YouTube videos. There's only, what, a handful of them that address motivation. But I also take on goals. I also take on relationships. I also take on health. I also take on a holistic viewpoint to people's lives. Does that make sense? It's not that I'm speaking outside of my area of expertise. Uh, and if I am speaking outside of my area of expertise, I'm sharing an opinion or an observation. But I'm not trying to just stay in one lane of motivation and dig up all the research I can on that and just motivation. People will get bored with you on that. You can't do that but here's specifically why I just went on this big diatribe with you on this topic, is because so many of you feel like you lack inspiration. You feel like you're not creative. And no, the issue isn't that you're not creative. The issue is you're staying in too narrow of a lane. If you allowed yourself to play a little bit wider, you'd suddenly have all this inspiration and all this excitement of new things to share. Does that make sense? So if, you are a person who's like, but I, that's not my expertise because a lot of my health providers say this. They're like, well, Brendan, I'm, I'm a doctor. I don't, I don't know about this. I'm like, but you can observe and describe and share opinion. You, you can still be a human. Like, think about this. When you go out to dinner with a group of your best friends, do you all talk about just one topic the entire time? Probably not. It's kind of like, Bouncing around, real life is a conversation with multiple inputs, not one lane. So for those who've been tricked and told to just go in one niche and only talk about that, I'm here to tell you that's what's killing your creativity. You're trying to play too small of a game when you have an expansive spirit inside. And that's the key to know. You have an expansive spirit. Follow that, listen to that, flow with that. Just make sure you get your weekly content done, my friends. 
Hey all, it's Brendan, and I wanna make sure that you go check out growthday.com. It's an all-in-one personal development platform where you can do everything you would like to do for personal development in one place. You can capture your mindset journaling, set your goals, track your habits and improve them, take wellness challenges, and learn from the highest powered, highest paid, most respected motivational teachers, wellness coaches, and life coaches in the world live every week. One trial, we just call it Starter, that's where you're just using the tools. You know, it's the mindset journal where we prompt you with tons of research back prompts to help you become more positive, confident, self-aware, and happy. We've got your goal tracking system. That's where you set your personal development goals and reminders. So like reminders to meditate or reminders to call your partner and flirt or you know reminders to make sure that you do this one project. It's also got, importantly, your habit tracking system. This is where you can track your high performance habits, which we teach you to do. And then you receive targeted scores and recommended videos to improve those. Our pro level now includes live classes. You know, we've got the best teachers in all of personal and professional development, period, in the app. These folks all charge over $50,000 for a one hour keynote, but they're live every single month in growth day teaching for 45 minutes. Then we have what we call all access. And that's where you get the tools plus the live classes, but also over 20 deep dive, powerful life transformative courses. So these courses, these classes, these are things that would cost over $3,000 a month to access. But Growth Day Pro, as an example, is less than a buck a day. Your personal development is worth a dollar a day. Your access to these people is worth a dollar a day. But you can start free right now when you go to growthday.com. Hey gang, it's Brendan. I'm gonna change gears real quick and talk about another show here on the Growth Day Podcast Network, Lori Harder. Her show is called Earn Your Happy. This is a monster podcast if you've never heard of it before. Earn Your Happy is all about Lori talking with people and sharing her own journey of being an entrepreneur and trying to find happiness in life. And I love her phrase, earn your happy. You know, if you've ever heard me tell my car accident story, I felt like at that moment, I got life's golden ticket, that second chance. But I also felt like this, this feeling that I had to earn it, to earn that second chance. So when I got to know Lori and she told me her show was called Earn Your Happy, I was like, ah, oh, it's one of my favorite words in the English language, earn to earn the gifts we've been given, to earn the life that we want, to work for it, to strive for it. I just love it. And Lori is like listening to her episodes. I told her the other day, I was like, it's kind of like listening to a best friend talk about you know their ambitions and what they're trying to do. And she's such a great interviewer as well, by the way, that I think you're gonna get new perspectives about life. You'll laugh a lot, you'll be motivated, and you'll learn from somebody who's out there actually doing the work, building a great business and life and family. 
go subscribe to Lori Harder's podcast. It's called Earn Your Happy. You can subscribe anywhere you're listening, including right now on this platform. So please go subscribe to Lori Harder's Earn Your Happy podcast. Number three, big idea for you today is create an efficient workspace or workspaces. This is key. I, I can tell you, my YouTube friends got this down in spades. I mean, I'll go over to their house or their studio and you walk in, it's, it's done. Their setting is handled for them. The lighting is set, the cameras are set, like everything is in a very common place for them where it's just, they can consistently grind it out. And that really matters if you want to scale your influence in the world, okay? If you really want to reach more people on social media, as an example, you, you gotta just have a place where you can go and crank it out. For me, the studio you're seeing right now is that. Like, I took the time, we, we scoped out this building, we came up and this is my dream studio. You can't see, there's sound panels all across the top. You know, we've got, you know, these curtains that eat up the sound. We've got walls that eat up the sound. We've got these lights, we literally, ching, we turn on the lights, it's ready to, like, this is ready to show up and shoot for me. Same thing in my homes. Like when I go into any house, right? Whether it's my, the place where I, the little place I go to write or a place in Puerto Rico or wherever we are visiting, I've got everything efficiently set up so I can walk in and go. When I travel, my entire camera kit fits in a thing like this big. And it's got everything completely organized in there for my podcast. All my dongles, you gotta travel with the dongles. Thank you, Apple, you suck. Uh, I'm 40, like most of my bag is dongles for now. I just wanna let you know. It's like, I used to have a clear organization, now it's just like a rat's nest of dongles for Apple, because every time they wanna change on a whim, that's all in there. I've got my camera in there, my mic in there, and it's a portable pack that I just take literally on every trip. I've taken on six trips in the last six weeks. I've never even opened it, but if I need to, Boom, mobile studio is ready to go. And so I just think it's really important that you, you're not lacking preparation or lacking a consistent place to create great things. Some of you go to your favorite coffee shop. I'm like, go there more. Some of you have that favorite room in your house, but you haven't cleaned it up for a while, so you don't go in there because it's dirty. Go clean it up. Some of you think you have to have a big fancy studio like me before you start. You got this. Begin with this. You know, I have a friend right now who I talk with, uh, gosh, well, who's in Sundance with us. He does uh, $4.3 million a year, $4.3 million a year in revenue with an iPhone. The person does not own a podcast mic, does not own any lighting, has never rented a building. His mo I said, what's your most expensive investment? He goes, the iPhone. I go, what's the second most, because I was like drilling down with him, because I was like trying to break it down. I said, what's the second most expensive thing you bought? And it was, uh, he's got a gimbal so that it doesn't shake as much. So I, I said, oh, what's your third most expensive thing for your business? He goes, selfie stick. It's <laughs> like, oh my God. Because here's what he does. He shoots ads with the selfie stick, runs those ads on Facebook, all day long to a chance to join a live training session with him in a Facebook group. They go in the training session, and so in a Facebook group, it's just his phone. He's live 
in a Facebook group on his phone again, and he sells stuff. Uh, he sells two or three different things. Uh, his big ticket, he sells a big ticket, like work with me, he's a coach. So he sends them to a link where they download an application to work with him and sends it in. All of the marketing though, one phone, that's it. He also has um, a, uh, a subscription, a monthly subscription where guess what he does? Goes live in Facebook on his phone, but it's a closed group that only his paying clients get in. Holy crap, $4.3 million with this. So when I say create efficient workspace, that, how efficient is that? One thing. And you just have to decide the complexity in which you want. I, I like, I mean, this thing is not super efficient, but literally we ship this crap everywhere I go. We ship the big old flip chart. Um, I just, I, that's for me efficient. I work better when I draw stuff. You might have a whiteboard, you might have flip chart, you might have butcher paper, whatever you need to be prolific, you need to set it up and guess what you need to do? Schedule it. That's the key. I'm telling you the scheduling is the key. So many, so many great people have great content. But they just don't schedule themselves to go do it. You know, they let Netflix keep winning the day over and over and over and over. And it's like, but you had four hours. Could you imagine what you could do in four hours? Every one of you can do multiple live casts in four hours, multiple videos and ads, write a sales page, build an application, but it goes unused unless you schedule your time. So shout out to all those with the High Performance Planner. You gotta use it. You gotta schedule that time. I mean, it's a constant, it's always a conversation in my mind. Just before we shot, Travis and I were like, tomorrow, what time? He's like, I gotta go to the park. I'm like, I gotta go to a wedding. Great, can we do it in this time? And you just gotta, you find those moments to create the content. I don't even know the full shoot schedule for tomorrow, but I will show up and we'll get it done. And that's the key. Okay, this is the big one. You've gotta outsource repetitive tasks. Outsource repetitive tasks. This is really key. And what I want you to do is do this next week. Okay, now listen close. I moved to Portland, Oregon, and I was like, I'm, I'm, I, I can do this, I can do this. You know, I'm figuring out how to edit, and I'm figuring out how to put music in there, and I think I was using like Camtasia back then. I don't know, Travis will probably tell me what I was. Was I using, was I using Camtasia? I feel like I was using Camtasia for all video editing, meaning I'm an idiot. And <laughs> so I'm like trying to put it together, and I'm trying to explain to him what I'm trying to do. And the truth is, I could do it. And the truth is, I didn't really, I didn't have a budget in mind for a team. Um, I was still new to the career. I was scared to hire somebody uh, long-term. So I hired somebody long-term. Because I've always noticed when I'm scared to do something that I know will move me forward, I immediately do it. Fast, sooner than later. And I, what's the difference is with my peer group is so many of my peers they just had, we, you know, creatives, you and me, tend to have a strong independent streaks, right? We, we want our own time. We want separation from people. And we also know that we can do things often faster than other people. And so we think, oh, I'm more dedicated or I have more time or I don't want the back and forth conversations. So we don't ever get somebody skilled up and trained to do it like we would do. And we keep holding on to doing that one thing. But that one thing might not be our main thing. 
Like Ben and Travis are like artists. And Sarah too, with the way they, they edit for me, they're a million percent more skilled at video editing than me. And, and they do it as an art, right? For me, if I'm editing something, I'm trying to get something just done. I don't see all the things that they see because I'm just like, oh, output needs to happen because that's not where my art is. My art happens to be on this side of the camera for me. And I had to go, okay, I can keep doing this, but if I keep doing this, because I'm going to have to edit. Remember, it's a repetitive. Every week, I'm going to have to do that. If I slow myself down every week doing things that's not my unique gift, my unique art, the more I slow myself down to that, the more it hurts the business. It really does. And some of you guys have been with me over that in the last five months. As we went down to Puerto Rico, my team wasn't down there. And I'm just working on establishing the team down there, right? So I was doing everything. I had to set up all the lights. I had to teach myself everything on all this new podcast gear I bought. I didn't know how to use it. I had these new cameras, didn't know how to use it. I spent weeks. And I mean, when I say weeks, I mean like 40 hour weeks minimum on learning just technology and lighting and what to set up and how to manage the sun from the beach because it's way different than the sun in Portland, Oregon. Like the whole, everything shifts and changes and looks different and feels different, all new gear. And it's, I mean, it was like, it almost felt like it ground the business and me to a halt. And some of you guys, I'm, I apologize, were you know, dealt with the brunt of that where you know, I had technical issues in my live casts because I'm trying to do everything. It slowed it down. It led to less quality. I'm saying this to you because so many of you have not hired your assistant or your, what do you call it, a predator? Producer and editor. Producer meets editor, it's called predator. And like you need, you need that, you know who came up with that? An editor. I guarantee it wasn't a filmmaker because filmmakers like fil filmmaker. But I guess I bet 100% an editor is like, you know, we're too. We're predators. I guarantee it. You look up the history. I know I'm right. Am I right? I'm right. Well, that's what happens is that you slow yourself down unless you get weapons to support you going faster. So weaponize, hire, outsource. And everyone's like, that's so scary. I'm like, no, no, no. Outsource. Notice it didn't say hire employees. It said outsource. And the great thing about outsourcing for the first time, if it doesn't work out, you end the contract. No harm, no foul. They know it's work for hire. They're in, they're out. It's done. If, if it doesn't work, you, 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 you don't have to commit to a six month, six years, full time, nothing. Just outsource these tasks and learn to do it and find the great people and work with them. Get it in motion. And remember, hiring means outsourcing. You got to get team to support you. And it will never, ever, ever stop if you keep trying to double down. So stop fearing working with other people because they speed you up. Today was the best day of filming in livecast we've had in five months. It just is, right? Because we got the crew in. It makes a difference. Okay, Kelly Sinclair. I do a weekly live on Facebook and I send it out to my email list for the replay. How bad is that I don't put these on YouTube? If you had to pick one platform only for the primary piece of content, what would you use? Great question, Kelly Sinclair. Um, Kelly, here's the deal. So she's going live on Facebook and she's asking, you know, is it bad she doesn't put it on YouTube? It's okay that you don't put it on YouTube. A lot of people have unique content on their YouTube and they'll take that and piece it together elsewhere, but it does not matter anymore. 
what I would recommend, what I would recommend is if you're using Facebook Live, I'm always gonna go to where you guys started. Meaning, make Facebook your primary content holder. And I say that because, if, same thing as if, if Kelly said, well, I'm doing a podcast, should I grab the audio, put a visual title card to it and put that on YouTube because I see people doing that and really good people doing that. You know, Tim Ferriss does that. Takes his audio from his podcast, puts a title card, so there's an image to it, puts that up on his YouTube, that's fine. And I would advise him to do that because that's where he started. He's, I've got this YouTube thing. I want to chop, slice, and dice, and put it places where? Make your main thing where you started, right? If here, he's at podcast, do podcast. You said Facebook, so stay with Facebook. I really do believe, though, that that Facebook Live, I think I would get that cut up, and I would definitely use Facebook Lives. Grab that and make sure you get that content over onto IGTV, or at least Instagram stories. The audiences between Facebook and Instagram play so well together, often those audiences don't translate over into YouTube. So I've got a ton of YouTube friends who have millions of subscribers who have tiny on Facebook and Instagram. So th that, that big crossover doesn't always work as well, but I would definitely, if I was advising you and you had the team or you outsourced it, cut that Facebook Live up, get that on Instagram TV, or Instagram stories. That's how I would start. Awesome question, Kelly. Next up, Martin Alvarez. What's up, Martin? Brendan, how do you research and define the contents and titles that your target audiences need and how do you schedule it with your team? Um, you know, at this stage, Martin, uh, it's just familiarity with my audience. I talk with you all every single day, right? I, I, I've replied personally to, I'm sure in my career, hundreds of thousands of DMs and comments and emails, and it just kind of ingrained what my audience needs. Um, I also keep a, a separate journal uh, at my desk of all these topics. If you came into my phone, there's a section on notes that literally says podcast ideas, YouTube ideas, like I'm always capturing ideas. I'm in a conversation with somebody, I'm always typing down ideas for content, always, probably, I mean, there's literally three things at the top of my notes in my phone and ideas is, you know, number two and three. So it's constant. Number one is to do's. Number two is quotes that I make up that I publish every day. Number three is podcast ideas. So I'm, and for me, podcast is podcast, YouTube, et cetera, as you guys heard me say. Um, so it just, it's just constant typing down topics. Uh, there's also at the beginning of my career, I was much more diligent because I didn't know my audience. So I would use Google keyword analytics. So just type in um, Google keyword search and Google has a keyword tool where you can type in a topic and it will give you rankings of other topics and how popular they are. So I would take those topics or those phrases from the Google keyword bar and that would become my blog post titles or my video titles or the podcast titles that we knew were SEO friendly when that really mattered. Today, just knowing your audience and speaking to their lifestyle is more important than just phrases and keywords and SEO, but that stuff still really matters. So that is what I would recommend you check out, Martin. I hope that helps you. Brian's in the house. What's up, Brian Eccles? How do we get more creative with our emails to get people to click and actually watch the videos? We got no clicks on most emails and they didn't watch the videos. Two 
really, really important things in emails you always have to think about. Number one, you shouldn't have any random emails. Think of all your emails as a storyline, right? There's a storyline to the sequence of things you're sending and make sure whatever that storyline is, is playing through. So it doesn't feel like a brand new random email. It's, it should be more like, I've been talking about this topic or you guys have been asking about this or in the last three videos we did that, like make sure there's a referential point. People really need that because in all of the messiness of email right now, people need the reference point. That's really important. Second, make sure you are really clear about the problem. Like state a problem, not like in this email, I'm gonna address this problem. You can do that if you have a lot of rapport with your audience. If it's cold traffic, meaning new people in your email, what you wanna do is be really clear about how does this problem show up in their life? And that will start with those statements like, have you ever been here or imagine this and just go right to the problem. I mean, talking like the third or fourth sentence, you're into the problem, right? You might, whatever your introductory few sentences might be, which for me is usually referential to why I'm talking to them. Then it's right into the problem. Have you been struggling with this? Have you seen that? Why is it most people are like this or that? And then from there, I'll share with them the solution concept. Solution concept means what's the big idea here that's gonna solve it? And it's like, just, just the big idea and then click here to watch more. So don't give them a whole long thing and then get to the image, the button or the link. Instead, like problem, tease, click here. Then you have the link an image or a link and a button, right? But you need a visual in there that they're clicking. Then you share expert story positioning. So underneath that, share your story. Like talk about your personal experience with whatever that problem or that solution is and just like contextualize it so that they feel more connected to your life or your journey that got them or got you to where you're at. That's really key. And then from there, end with benefit and call to action. Benefit is what they're gonna get by watching it, how they'll transform, what will be different. And then another reminder or button or visual for them to click over and watch again. That's really the best advice I've got. Because in there, now you've got story, personalization, problem, promises of a solution, benefits and call to action. When we get all that going on, on a consistent basis especially, that's what's gonna help you. I always tell people, your open rate is less about the subject line as it is about the previous conversations you've been having with them. And what most people do is they focus and obsess about this random individual email and they're not remembering that brand interaction and storyline. So get more consistent about those elements in your email that I just described from the visuals to the personal story to the problem framing and the solution concept all the way down to the benefit and the call to action when you get all that humming along, Brian, game changer. Really, really helps. Number five is, <laughs> this is so funny. You gotta take your meds. This is really key. What, what does that mean? Well, A, if you actually have medicine, take the medicine. But meds, as you guys know, is that old acronym in the health and wellness space that you know everyone else talks about, which is meditation, exercise, diet, and sleep. So you guys have heard me talk about this High Performance Academy forever, right? Meditation, exercise, diet, and sleep, take your meds. And that's just really key. Like, 
it's taking care of the temple, taking care of your mind, your body, your spirit, so that you can create. Part of the reason I am so prolific is I'm happy. Because guess, you know what? There's this myth. Well, you know, artists are miserable and negativity and they tap into their pain. And I'm like, yes, Hemingway did that. And then it didn't end so good. And what I think is important for people to realize is that like your joy can generate as much creativity than anything else. But you can't tap into true joy or emotional freedom if you are wiped out all the time. The number one most creative people I've ever met uh, in the world all meditate. Like universally, I think about the, think about some of the most famous celebrities of all time. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld, Ellen DeGeneres, uh, Oprah Winfrey. If you would like a little different color on that of like feeling and vibe, a, a, a Howard Stern, a Chappelle, these people meditate. And that meditation is just clearing the clutter a little bit. And it's not that they meditate and they're perfectly ready to go, though Seinfeld meditated and then acted. Like there was that, that direct like meditation, then he'd get on stage. But it's that process of meditating over a period of time that learns and teaches you to manage the thoughts in your mind, to release some of them, to give attention to others, but also to observe them. And those who can observe their thoughts become the best thinkers. Those who can observe their thoughts become the best thinkers. So now, when you can observe your thoughts, you can creatively rearrange them to come up with some creative magic. But if you never learn the skill of meditation and mindfulness, what you are is you're, you're struck by impulse. And now if you're struck by impulse and you happen to be a creative mad genius, well, good for you. The problem is you're crazy. And I would love for you to be instead happy and have happy, positive relationships and be prolific and create great content and make your message go out. So you need meditation. Exercise is a no brainer. Your, your direct measurements of BDNF and hormones in your body are completely tied to creative output and productivity. Because when you feel like crap, when you feel like sluggish, you know you're less inspired to go get it done. That's obvious, but your brain works completely differently. Literally, your neurochemicals and everything in your brain that runs well, runs better because of exercise. So you've gotta get your exercise up to five times a week. That doesn't mean you know CrossFit five times a week. It means you need to sustain your heart rate or challenge yourself at least five times a week, even if that means a 40 minute walk after dinner. Okay, D stands for diet. Obviously, you guys have heard me teach this at High Performance Academy forever. High performers have better diets. There's just no question. They eat healthier and they report that across the board. It's not that you can't be a high performer and have a bad diet. It's just that you can't be a high performer as long with a bad diet. <laughs> and the last thing is sleep. And I'm not gonna go on too, too long about it. But if you're terrible at sleep, make sure you read Sleep Revolution by Arna Huffington and you listen to Ben Greenfield's podcast. Just go to Ben Greenfield's podcast, search for the sleep episodes and listen to it and do that stuff. It will serve you. Last big idea is to create for legacy. I decided to film my videos in a certain way and to have a purpose of showing up in a certain way that I was creating for a legacy. I wanted, I wanted to create a great personal development library.
I wanted to have a library that could be used for years and years and years and years. So Travis helped me learn how to film it so it like feels like a, a certain way where you, you don't know what time it really is. Like you can go watch courses from ours that are five years old where I look like I'm in high school, but they're still good. And it wasn't just the technical marvel. It was like, we kept things really simple and really straightforward, just like this, you know, where you can watch videos 30 years from now and you're still like, those are good. And we did that on a specific reason because I wanted it to be used separately. Cause I was like, you know, maybe 20 years from now, they're playing my motivational videos on, on, on the, you know, the plane on the, you know, the, the screens on the plane or whatever devices they're carrying along there. I always thought about long-term legacy, not short-term output. So everything that I do, I go, am I gonna love this five years from now? Will I like this? Did I think through it enough? Because if you think about legacy, it makes you think through your stuff more. And as you think through stuff more, you take more notes, you, you contemplate what you're going to do, and that helps the stuff become just good, you know? And then because you thought through it, you like it more. See, what people don't like is when it's just like, oh, I gotta show up, you knock the thing out, and that goes on for weeks and months and months, and there's no creatively applied to it. You're really in production mode, not creation mode. And when you're in production mode, you just show up to do, and you leave, there's no fulfillment there. The fulfillment comes from thinking through it, because as you think through it, your mind sparks, and you get those aha moments and that creative thing you didn't even see coming. And you're like, oh, look at this connected to that. I like this, oh, this is great. And then you have something that you like. And if you're creating for a legacy to make your impact in the world, everything changes. Everything changes. You shoot different, you think different, and you enjoy it much more. Hey, it's Brendan. And I wanna tell you about Circle and how powerful it is if you're trying to build your online community outside of Facebook groups. You know, I had this problem a couple of years ago where I just started noticing when I was running a Facebook group, um, really Facebook was incentivized to kind of steal my customer and steal my audience. So they'd recommend other things I didn't like, or honestly, my members were losing my posts in the feed. I didn't really have the information or the data about the people in the group that I wanted. It was hard to actually communicate with them offline, out of the group. And most importantly, it was hard to sell stuff and have an actual business from it without driving them to other places. And then came along Circle. And it's just at the website circle.so. So just go to circle.so. And you can see that they have built this incredible platform that allows you to host a community, go live in that community, and really segment the community into these different spaces where you can give people access to different levels of content or community, which I absolutely love. Because you know, in my businesses, I've got new people coming in, I've got paying members coming in, I've got all these different products or courses or programs, and, and they've always had these different logins, they've been all over the place. Now with Circle, it's in one place. My community can meet there. They can post, I can post, we can use like multimedia posts as well. They can post video or audio, so can I. I can organize things, all of my content in very unique places and grant access to only some people. 
And of course, I can have my team in there moderating the whole community with me. Everybody needs this. Everyone's trying to build their community, but they struggle. Like what system or what tools do you need to use or have? Trust me, building it out on your own, not an option. Too expensive, too time consuming. So go to circle.so and check it out. If you're trying to build a community and really maintain control of that community and do a great job serving them and building a business from it, go to circle.so. Hey, I wanted to hop in here and share with you my love for community.com. Every major celebrity uses this. US presidents use this. The biggest companies in the world use this. They give you a 10 digit phone number, but it's kind of like having an inbox for your texting. You can segment it to people um, and they can reply back. And it's just really cool because you can also send video and you can send audio. And it's so beautiful of a design that it's really easy to figure out. You know, I don't like all those other systems that send out like some weird little code that you just know is like a promotion. The reason they called it community.com is because they really believe you have to have a text community in the modern area. Texting adds a whole other level. People open up their texts way more. It's way more, you know, effective as a promotional vehicle. And it's something that I deeply, deeply believe in. In fact, I invested in them and I've advised the senior team. I'm telling you what, my audience loves it. It's increased the engagement across everything I do. And you can get a free demo when you go to community.com. Just like it sounds, community.com. Check it out.